Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 28, How Choosing What to Believe and Raising Your Vibration Are Old Paradigm. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Changeable. Before I dive into this episode, I wanted to give you a quick heads up about a feature that I'm gonna be doing here on the podcast next month. So throughout the entire month of February, the four episodes in February will all be about feelings, what they are, how they work, what they show us, and most of all, all hopefully moving toward an understanding of feelings, a way of seeing feelings that leaves us all feeling a little bit more safe and at home in whatever the heck our feelings happen to be doing. So for this Feelings February series, some of the episodes will be me, some I'll have some special guests as I often do. And again, that will be every episode in February, starting with the very next episode on February 4th. So for today's episode, um, I want to start with an experience I had yesterday talking with a client who I'm going to call Chris. So Chris is a woman who has a lot of thick and heavy thinking about herself that doesn't look like thinking. We just had this conversation in my school, in the little school of big change last week. And someone said, what do you mean when you talk about invisible thinking, like thinking that's invisible? And when I think of invisible thinking, I think of what I just said and how I just described Chris. So it's like how we just look around and see the world and see ourselves and see what's possible, what we like, what we don't like, what we want to do, what we don't want to do. We see it through this thick, thick filter of thinking. And sometimes we know that. So for example, when you wake up and you're in just kind of a low mood and you're like, eh, nothing sounds good for breakfast and there's nothing I want to do today and I don't want to wear that and I don't want to wear that. You know, sometimes we're just in that place of we know we're seeing through our thinking. We don't really freak out about that too much. We know what's going on and we kind of on some level know that, okay, when our thinking shifts, when our mood lifts later, things will look different. Now, sometimes we have that awareness and oftentimes we don't and and all of us. So I'm not talking about per person. I'm just saying for all human beings, sometimes we see this and sometimes we don't. So we all have thinking that is there that is completely invisible to us, that just looks like an absolute fact. It's just the way it is. That's just my life. You know, like we don't even realize that we're limited by the thinking that's there because it's invisible. So Chris is a wonderful woman, so kind, so warm, really, really smart businesswoman who doesn't feel any of those things that I just called her. You know, for the most part, she feels like she's small and wants to be bigger and can't understand why she isn't. And by that, I mean, she has big ideas and wants to do things in the world, but she thinks she's limited by lack of resources or lack of confidence or no one takes her seriously or she just can't get it together to make herself do stuff or however that looks in her mind. But what she's really seeing there is her own thick layer of habitual thinking about herself and about life, not who she really is and not actually what's possible. So she has a hard time seeing through all that. 
And it's not like she wakes up in the morning and recognizes, oh, my mind just went to all, you know, a really negative spin on the day. And it's not like that. It's just like, hey, here I am. I'm awake, you know, and we see what we see through what's on our minds. It only works that way ever. So it's not like she or most people I know, frankly, are waking up and catching and noticing particular sentences and spins and interpretations that pop out at us. You know, sometimes we do notice that stuff, but often we just see life the way it looks. So the thing with Chris is that she's just starting to see that life feeling heavy and herself looking to her not worthy and not deserving and not able to do the things she wants to do. It kind of looks like things just don't work out for her. They just don't go her way. She's starting to see that that's down to her thinking. But what Chris has been really involved in for a long chunk of time and just how things kind of look is this stuff about choosing how you want to see things, choosing and deciding how you want your life to go and really choosing how you're going to see yourself, what to believe. So she sends me emails, for example, from things she listens to. I don't know other coaches, I guess, or I don't know who they're from exactly, but people out there in the world who are writing things and talking about this, right? Like the one she sent me yesterday before our call that we were going to talk about was around, you know, you have a choice in what you believe. You don't have to believe that you are powerless and small and whatever it said. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. You can choose to believe that you can do anything you want. You can choose to believe that you're just as good as anyone else and you already deserve it and you're already worth it. So the thing is, like, that's wonderful. That's an empowering message. Sometimes for some of us, probably sometimes for all of us, we really see and feel the truth in that. We sense that, oh, like hearing something like that wakes something up in us to where we say, oh yeah, I kind of see that. I kind of see that that maybe my thinking is, my habitual thinking that I'm not really aware of is in there invisibly creating the way that life looks to me. And maybe I have some choice in this, you know, maybe just by being reminded of that or hearing that or reading an email like that, my mind can kind of shift a little bit. Maybe that helps my mind shift even. So now it looks like, oh, okay, all that other stuff in my head isn't necessarily true because I can choose this other stuff. You know, I can choose to have nicer beliefs, more empowering beliefs. So sometimes it seems to work that way, probably for all of us at times. But here's the thing. (laughs) I mean, I watch this all the time. Chris reads this. She's feeling hopeless. She's feeling really deeply kind of caught up in in it looking like, no, I can't just choose to do that. So she reads something like that and her mind goes a few places. One, her mind tries it out because, you know, she's got a lot of hope and she really wants things to change for herself. So she starts trying to choose thoughts and beliefs like, I'm confident, I'm happy, I have everything I want or I can have anything I want. And how that goes for Chris and how it goes for all of us at times is that she feels worse. Because instantly her mind comes back and says, are you kidding me right now? You're not happy. You're not confident. You're just repeating sentences that somebody told you to say. You're lying to yourself. Like this is how a mind (laughs) will talk to us, right? You know what I mean, right? I mean, we're onto it when we're just feeding ourselves the right words. 
the quote unquote right words and right beliefs and right thoughts. Like you're mine, you're way too smart for that. So again, sometimes this is helpful. Like I'm not throwing the whole thing out. I'm just saying that it's not a way to deeply kind of have a shift. It's not sustainable and it's not a way to really change a life or change the way that life looks as far as I've ever seen. To me, these kinds of things, choosing new beliefs, you know, saying the right things are just like willpower, just like discipline, because they take that. They take effort. They take willpower and discipline to say them. And when we're in a place where we're not too deep in it anyway, like we're kind of on the bubble, you're kind of feeling okay, you're kind of not feeling okay. Sometimes something like that, wonderful, catches right on and you feel great. That's awesome. But when you're really believing that you don't get what you want in life and the world seems like it's out to get you and you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm happy and I'm confident and I can have anything I want, it's not gonna take long for a really, really smart little mind and ego to come back and laugh at you and say, you're kidding. And here's all the evidence why you're wrong. So Chris finds herself not only feeling worse because she said this and her mind has rebounded and and come back to further convince her why that's all ridiculous. So now she's filled with all this other thinking about, you know, why she can't have what she wants, which is kind of the issue to begin with. But the other side of this is that when she reads things like this, now again, I'm not saying this is explicitly what the people who talk about this believe or what they're saying or anything, but what a mind will do with that is put it on itself. So Chris hears this, oh, it's up to you. You can choose. You can just choose to be happy. You can just choose to be successful. And how she hears that, especially when she's in a low mood and already has a lot on her mind and is already feeling hopeless, is you need to choose this. If you aren't choosing it, therefore, how you're feeling is on you because you're choosing wrong. Now, again, I'm not saying that like the email she forwarded me that I think a coach somewhere wrote, they didn't say that. They didn't say it's your fault if you feel bad. They didn't say it that way. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I lived in that old self-help paradigm myself for decades and that's how it sounded in my head. And I've seen it with thousands of people. I just know what a mind will often do with that. And It's hard to watch. It's hard to hear Chris caught up in thinking that looks so real to her that I know isn't real. I know who she is. And it's not about Chris. I know who we all are. I know what's possible for her. I know what her natural default kind of home-based feeling feels like and that it's nothing like what she's living in. And then she comes and She's not feeling great. And on top of it is a two-ton weight full of, and it's my fault, and I'm not choosing right, and I need to work harder. As bad as I feel, I need to muster something up and work harder and find the right beliefs and raise my vibration. And that's another piece of this for Chris is she's been, again, around this understanding that, again, not what's being explicitly said necessarily, but what she's sort of heard and what I know a lot of people hear is that if you aren't in a high vibrational state, meaning if you aren't feeling great and happy, you're repelling what you want in life. You are not attracting the life that you want. And, you know, there's so, so much in that. I mean, I don't doubt I mean, I know, in fact, that when we're feeling at home in ourselves and we have a a relatively quiet and clear mind and we're grounded and we're feeling great, we have a really, really, really nice experience of life. 
do we have like Ferrari showing up in the driveway? No, but the beauty in it is that we don't care about Ferrari showing up in the driveway from that place. You just don't care about that stuff. Now, where Chris is and where many of us are is in this place of thinking, okay, I need confidence. What I want to attract into my life is people who respect me and money and acknowledgement and acceptance from my peers and more success in my career. And some of that maybe comes from a deeper place, but a lot of that for all of us, often we want the things we want because we think that's what's going to finally help us just feel at home in ourselves. That's what's going to finally allow us to be content. But you see the jam we get into. She thinks she needs all of these things in order to feel good in herself. And she's been told on top of that, that if you don't feel good, you're not going to get any of those things. Now, what do you do with that? It's a mess. It's a mess. So she's trying to force herself to feel good so that she can attract into her life the things that she thinks she really wants. But really, she kind of only wants those things because it looks like they're going to make her feel good. It's classic old paradigm. It's a total focus on our experience, on our psychology, how you feel, what you think, what you have, what you're doing, right? Total focus on that. That's the only place they're looking here is let's get you happy. Let's get you feeling good. You know, say this, believe this, manipulate your thoughts and beliefs so that they go this way so that you can think, feel, be, have these things over here, right? It's all kind of walking around in the psychology, in the content of it, in the weeds of it. And no wonder we get tangled up in that. Jumping into the content of how we think and feel, jumping into our psychology and trying to change it and fix it, it's like jumping into quicksand. It's going to suck you in. There's no way out of that, really. And ironically, as soon as we get into that quicksand, we start squirming and wiggling and trying to run out, which just sucks you in even more. And that's exactly what's going on here. She feels horrible. She's told, well, just choose to feel better. You get to choose what you believe about yourself. She tries that. She feels worse. She adds on top of that, I'm doing it all wrong. And it's all up to me to get myself out of this mess. So like any person who's innately well, she really wants that. She tries even harder. She gets sucked in even more. It's a gigantic mess. This is why understanding is so important. By understanding, I mean just seeing something about what's really going on in how our psychology works and where it comes from, but so much more beyond that. So in my um, Deep Impact program where I have coaches that I mentor, Linda Pettit, who's a colleague of mine, and I just, I love, love her, love hearing from her. She did a webinar for us, for the, for the coaches there about sharing this understanding and this new paradigm. And she shared a story of how when she was kind of new to this, she asked one of her mentors at the time, Sydney Banks, she said, Sid, now I'm paraphrasing this conversation, but she said something along the lines of, hey, Sid, is it all just about love? Like if we all just have more peace and love, I mean, is that really all it's about? Is that all we need? And he said, well, it's about love, but it's about love and understanding. You need both because let's look at a couple examples. Like imagine the stressed out mom who keeps losing her temper and screaming at her kids all the time. Does she love them? Of course she does. It's not a question of loving them more. 
It's not a question of her loving herself more. It's not like, sure, she's not feeling a whole lot of love when she's caught up in screaming and impatience and yelling at her kids. But it's not just blindly about adding more love to your life. The way that you add more love to your life, the way that she feels that more and more is by understanding what's coming up and getting in the way of her natural default, which is love and peace. So what's getting in the way for her is a bunch of thinking that looks absolutely real to her in those moments. She gets hit with a wave of psychology and she falls into her psychology as we do. She's tangled in her psychology. And from within that, she's thinking, what's wrong with me? And like, what's wrong with these kids? And why does it have to be this way? And it's so hard and I can't take it anymore. And she's expressing that all over the place, right? She's just caught up in a ton of thinking. Now, as soon as her thinking settles down, it all looks different. She's like, oh my gosh, like I can't, they're just kids and what's wrong with me and and what am I doing to them? And I'm a horrible parent. I mean, the love is there. It's not a question of needing more of that. It's really about understanding and seeing something about what comes up and gets in the way of what's there by nature and every single one of us by nature. Same in any relationship. I mean, imagine a a marriage, let's say, and one of the partners gets overrun with jealousy and insecure thinking. Is it just about love? No, there's love there, but there's love there in all of us. I mean, that's almost a, we don't even have to talk about that in a sense. That's what's there by default beneath all of this. But it's also understanding, understanding the only thing that can ever take us away from love and peace and connection which is psychology that looks absolutely real and true. Thinking and feeling and behavior that we are temporarily caught up in and we don't even see it as that. We just see it as life. It's that invisible thinking. And what we innocently do is we get in there and try to fix it. You know, the jealous spouse is trying to figure out, well, what do I do? And maybe I should just have them, you know, stay home and they can't leave the house. Or maybe I should do this different or I should see this differently. Or, you know, I mean, it's not that there's not some value in some of those things, but it's not where it's at. It's extremely shallow. It's jumping in the quicksand and trying to make the quicksand a little bit nicer so that it takes you down maybe a little more slowly, but it doesn't really work that way. Don't you want to be out of the quicksand? You know, if we can understand and see how things work, then we're out of the quicksand. So for Chris, it's the same thing. It's about understanding, not just doing. And that's what I hear in choose the right beliefs and choose the right thoughts and see yourself this way. It's very empowering. Sometimes from from the right state of mind, we can feel empowered. And from a different state of mind, we can feel completely disempowered and far worse off because that's just the way techniques work. It's just the way it works when you're jumping into form, into thoughts and feelings and what's already there. It's the exact same as willpower. Willpower is a wonderful, wonderful tool. Sometimes. And it's the absolute worst tool you can try to use or the worst thing you can try to do for yourself in other times. It will get you deeper into your issue at other times because it's just a tool. It's not perfect. What we can see is that our experience, that heaviness, the limits, the hopelessness, all of it, we don't need to pick it apart, all of it, the way life looks always is a function of our psychology. And if it's heavy and limited and doesn't feel good, you don't need to fix it. Don't jump in the quicksand and try to fix it. Step back, fall out of it. Just see it. 
Just see it. I don't know how to step back and fall out of it, but see that that's what's happening and you will naturally step back a little bit. You will naturally start to fall out of it because it doesn't look like a problem you need to fix. It doesn't look like it's on you to fix it. It doesn't look like your vibration is at cause. It doesn't look like your wrong beliefs are at cause. It doesn't look like that when you see that it's just moving, changing experience and you are not it and it is not you. When we come to have this far bigger understanding that there's something there beyond our psychology it's where the new paradigm looks beyond the psychology, then, then where the best thinking and self-help and coaching and traditional psychology has gotten us, oh my gosh, I mean, as good as that's ever been, it's so much better to start to see around all that. Then you get to, you know, choose a belief and raise your vibration for fun if and when you want to. I play with that stuff. It's great, but it's not needed. It's not how we find our way home. It's not on us. It's not our responsibility. The more we relax around all the stuff we're trying to do and change and manipulate, the more our true nature, which is love, which is peace, which is confidence, gets to come up and rise to the surface. Thank you for listening to Changeable. And thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to write a review or to share this podcast with someone else. I so appreciate all that you've done to help spread the word about this new paradigm and what's possible for all of us. Thanks so much for being here and I will see you next week as we kick off Feelings February. February.